Dateline, 2nd of February, 2014. Well, g'day, folks, and it's just me here in the studio yet again. I'm afraid that, uh, unfortunately, uh, Steve's... Uh, hang on. Uh, Grant, Grant, it's me, Steve. Let me in. Yeah, pull the other one. Like, I'm going to believe that. It's definitely me, mate. I've come back to do all the editing this week. Hey, Steve, dude, come right on in. <laughs> you sounded a little suspicious there, mate. Well, I wasn't really sure, but dude, nice wheelchair you've got. Very Davros looking. Yeah, no worries. Let me just ratchet myself back into the studio here. <laughs> it's a little bit uh, awkward these days. <laughs> we'll move the desk out so you can get that motorised unit in there. Yes, no worries. Yes. Well, boy, I'm back. I'm back. Boy, I didn't think I was going to make it back. Boom, baby. Well, you're allowed back in because you said the magic word, editing by Steve. Yeah, I'll tell you what, well, editing, even editing couldn't be as painful as the, what I've been through the last few weeks. It's nice to be back here in the studio, mate. Oh, good. Well, um, hopefully uh, hopefully we can give you some uh, heaps of work to do to take your mind off that uh, swollen, pained knee. And uh, if you're new to the show and you're wondering what on earth we're talking about, well, I've been away for the last month having my right knee reconstructed and uh, a very, uh, well, shall we say, interesting experience, Grant. I've never been in so much pain in all of my life, I can tell you. But uh, <laughs> So if anybody's thinking of having it, dear listeners, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it unless it's absolutely necessary. Remember, folks, don't try and twist, turn, throw in the basketball. Yes, especially if you're my age. Anyway. Well, mate, uh, you may have been out for a month, but uh, some of the crew have been stepping in and helping out. Uh, hopefully we haven't left the uh, studio too trashed for you. No, no, it looks uh, pretty good in here. And uh, apart from all the beer bottles, so I can tell you've been here. But uh, yes, uh, thanks to uh, Kathy and the two Bens and uh, Damo and everybody else who uh, stepped in from the team uh, in my absence. And thanks to you for doing the editing, mate. So uh, let's get on uh, this week, seeing as I'm doing all the work, we can't talk too much. Let's uh, kick it off by talking about Qantas maintenance. Now, uh, Grant, there was some talk that uh, Qantas were going to move their 747 maintenance up to Brisbane when they announced uh, several weeks ago now that they were closing the Avalon base down here in Victoria. I don't really think uh, any of us were fooled by that, were we? As uh, Qantas announced in the news this week that they will, in fact, uh, be establishing maintenance uh, for the remaining 747s in the fleet outside of Australia, most likely in uh, Asian countries somewhere. They were sort of hinting they weren't promising and who who believes them anyhow? You know, they're, they're rapidly becoming politicians, even though, of course, the Australian politicians aren't really doing anything to help them at the moment. So it's um, more of the of the same, I think, for Qantas. But uh, there, there is a bit of Qantas news that's interesting and new. That's um, General Cosgrove is uh, going to quit the uh, Qantas board uh, because he's going off to become the Governor General. Yes, of course. Now, this is retired Army General uh, Peter Cosgrove, who was uh, really uh, shot to fame here in Australia 10 or 12 years ago when Australia went over and uh, intervened there militarily in uh, East Timor. And, uh, of course, General Cosgrove was at the head of that operation and uh, has really remained uh, quite a public figure ever since. Now, he retired from the military back in about 2005 and has been doing uh, lots of other work since that time. And interestingly, Grant, as you mentioned, he has also been on on the board of Qantas, which now I'll confess here, I actually did not know that. But uh, now that he's been appointed as the uh, next Governor General, of course, uh, he has to resign from that position. So I guess uh, there's a uh, board vacancy there at Qantas now. So uh, there you go. Now, Peter Crosgrove, a man of uh, quite some quality. I'm surprised given uh, so many ructions that have been going on there in the uh, world of Qantas uh, politically over the last few years that I would have thought that uh, a level head like his, well, imagine if it had not been there, I guess. Yeah, well, there is always that possibility. But uh, speaking of board positions, uh, Virgin are 
apparently going to open up three new board positions. To, so there's one each for Etihad, Air New Zealand, and Singapore International Airlines. You know, the big three that dumped a lot of money into Virgin Domestic. Hmm, well, that should have Alan Joyce uh, really enthusiastic, I would think. Uh, mate, I suspect we're going to hear more doom, gloom. It's all imbalanced and nobody loves me and it's all uh, so hard for us very soon now. Yeah, well, he might be taking that hard, Grant, and I'm sure he'll uh, be expressing his views on that subject uh, in the weeks to come. But, uh, you know, talking about hard, let's talk about hard landings and uh, not actually in Australia, but uh, just uh, out in the South Pacific in the Solomon Islands. And Airworks 737-300 has made a rather rough landing. In fact, it uh, looks like he's going to be sitting on that runway at Honiara for quite some time. Grant, the landing gear has collapsed. What happened? Well, mate, apparently uh, the aircraft touched down and not long after during the rollout, the right main gear collapsed. Uh, it's possible it was already uh, in the middle of braking. Uh, some photos show that one of the thrust reverser cans is open on one side. Uh, I haven't been able to see the other side. So the expectation is that they'd pop the reverses, were partway through landing, and the uh, right main gear collapses. And the poor aircraft, Zulu Kilo Tango Lima Charlie, uh, operated by Airwork out of New Zealand and uh, an ex-US uh, Air uh, 737-300, now converted to a freighter, uh, wound up sliding down the runway for a short distance before grinding to a halt and uh, having to be bulldozed off. Yeah, there we go. Now, that aircraft uh, runs a freight run uh, three times a week, according to this article here in the Australian.com.au. And Grant, uh, it uh, runs from uh, the Solomon Islands, uh, stops in Nauru, and then comes into Australia. Now, uh, Grant, uh, Tango Lima Charlie, how apt. Perhaps they'll have to start treating that aircraft with a bit more TLC. TLC, yeah, that's the one, mate. That's the one. (laughs) I might still be half full of anaesthetic, but I can still pull off one-liners like that, mate. (laughs) <laughs> well, mate, uh, someone who's not pumped up with anaesthetic and fully firing on all cylinders is the uh, RAAF C27J transition team. They are now in charge. Yep, they'll be pretty happy about that there at the RAF too, mate. Uh, according to this article here in australianaviation.com.au, the uh, the Air Force has handed command of uh, 35 Squadron uh, temporarily over to the uh, C-27J transition team uh, back on uh, January 21st as the first of uh, 10 aircraft prepares to fly to the US for its systems fit-out. Now, Grant, uh, while I was uh, lying in hospital, I was looking at uh, quite a lot of pictures on my iPad of that uh, aircraft number one uh, for the RAF uh, over there at the Alenia factory in Italy, and uh, it's been out doing a lot of flight tests. I think we may have reported on that several weeks ago. So uh, interesting that it's going over to Waco in Texas to uh, have a final fit-out. Yeah, well, I guess it's because that's where the Yanks were doing their uh, final fit-outs after Alenia produced the C-27. Um, and then it would be uh, sent over to Waco and uh, the final fit-out work to meet US requirements would be made over there. So seems to make sense. Alenia builds the uh, airframe and gets it all up to speed. And then it comes across to Waco, gets this final fit-out up to American specs, which is what we've bought. And then it comes down to us. Well, I guess you'll have plenty of uh, aircraft that they can uh, use as, as a uh, template over there in the US because I, I saw an article this week in Stars and Stripes actually talking about uh, all the C-27s uh, that the uh, US forces have ordered that were built and put straight into storage in Arizona. What a waste, but uh, I oh. think uh, they've uh, since been taken up by other parts of their forces, but uh, gee, what a waste. So, you know, the RAF, if they'd been really clever, they could have picked a few of those up for nicks. Oh, I know, they could have uh, really you know, done the usual, go down, get five, put them all together, have four, and away you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, speaking of all things military, Grant, just before we finish this week, let's talk about the uh, the Royal New Zealand Air Force. They've been looking for new trainers, and it looks like they've uh, settled on the T-6C. That's right, mate. They've got the Texan 2. This is the one from Hawker Beechcraft. These aircraft will be... Uh 
a little more powerful than you're going to find uh, here in Australia with our uh, PC9s. So, uh, yeah, good on the Kiwis, re- replacing the uh, CT4E piston trainers and the King Airs and going to one of these. Absolutely, I guess. So that'll be good. They can train so many pilots for their uh, Strike Fighter Force grant. So moving right along. Is this thing working? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We could, uh, the Kiwis could very much do with some strike aircraft. Uh, I mean, yeah, they can um, they can put some um, gear under the hard points and go and use it for, you know, forward air control and counterinsurgency like the Australians do with the PC-9, I guess. But, mm. yeah, I guess, you know, this is the best we can get. Yes, the poor old Kiwi Air Force. You know, I always feel sorry for our brothers across the Tasman when we talk about their Air Force because uh, I know a lot of people over there in Kiwi land are very, very unhappy all these years later that uh, their uh, fighter jets, not that they had many, but, uh, you know, it was an important part of regional defence, I thought, uh, plus the fact that they were all based over here in Australia. So, uh, <laughs> Well, that was at the end. Uh, a number of them were, were based in New Zealand until they finally moved them over here to do uh, assistance to the Australian Navy, mm. but, uh, which was rather apt because a lot of the aircraft that the Kiwis wound up flying had actually been ex-Royal Australian Navy A4s. But, yeah, the A4s did actually get to fire the guns in, in anger. One uh, put a few rounds across the uh, bow of a ship that was trying to steam its way out of the uh, New Zealand uh, fisheries area. So they, were, they got sprung fishing when they shouldn't have been and uh, an A4 put a few bullets uh, across its bow and that managed to get them to go, okay, we'll stop, we'll stop before you run into us. Just think, Grant, if they'd actually bought all those F-16s that they were offered on the cheap, they probably could have put a Sparrow missile into him or something. Yeah, that would have worked. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough picking on the Kiwis, Grant. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll start beating us in rugby again, or worse, they'll beat us in the cricket, so we better not get them too angry. Oh, mate, beating Australia in the rugby. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, sun's cut, sun comes up as well, you know, every day. Same kind of thing. The All Blacks beat the Aussies all the time. <laughs> uh, now that I've uh, placated the Kiwis and offended the Aussies, I think I'd uh, better move on. No worries. Well, uh, you know, before you friend anybody else, that's everything we have for you this week. Until next week, I'm Steve One Leg Visher. And I'm Grant, soon to be married, McCarran.